Welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. This is John Murphy. My pleasure to welcome to this podcast, Dr. Partha Roy. Dr. Roy is an associate professor in bioengineering, cell biology, and pathology at the University of Pittsburgh. Dr. Roy, welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. Thanks for having me. So, Dr. Roy's interest is in cell migration, cell adhesion, and so forth. Tell us a little bit about your interests. So my lab mostly studies in a role of cytoskeletal proteins and drivers of cytoskeletal proteins in tumor invasion, metastasis, as well as angiogenesis, you know, the, how the new blood vessels are formed. For a long time, our lab has studied a molecule called profilin, which is an actin binding protein, at least in two different contexts. We have studied one in a breast cancer and the other, more recently, we have been focusing on a renal cancer in one particular type of renal cancer called clear cell renal cell carcinoma. So in a breast cancer field, we are looking at tumor intrinsic role of profilin, whereas in a renal cancer, we look at how tumor microenvironment is regulated by profilin. So that is sort of the one focus area. And then the other one, we have been focusing on transcriptional regulation of cytoskeletal proteins, particularly focusing on transcriptional cofactor called MRTF, which stands for myocardin-related transcription factor. It's a cofactor for serum response factor. So we're looking into the role of these MRTF proteins in a cancer cell dormancy and possibly using some sort of therapeutic strategy targeting this transcription factor as a sort of the means of inducing dormancy in cancer cells to kind of curb the metastatic. So if your work is successful, the therapy that would follow is what? So we sort of focusing on small molecule discovery on profilin, a couple of different directions. So one would be in a renal cancer, because where the profilin has been we have shown that it's overexpressed in tumor-associated vasculature. And if you knock down profilin or genetically delete profilin from endothelial cells, you know, the, the angiogenesis is greatly impaired. And angiogenesis is a key driver for that particular type of renal cancer I was talking about, clear cell renal cell carcinoma. So our lab has been working with Dr. Dave Coe's in computational biology. Our lab was the first to identify novel small molecule inhibitors targeting profilin. We are also in a constantly working on to making it an improved inhibitor. We did some, we published some preclinical evidence for the efficacy of this inhibitor in reducing the tumor growth in the renal cancer settings. A sort of a second, given this inhibitor has a strong anti-angiogenic effect, you're also sort of diversifying the use of this inhibitor in ocular diseases, particularly in a diabetic retinopathy settings or AMD settings. And we have shown that, you know, the retinal angiogenesis is also critically dependent on profilin. And if you treat with the small molecule inhibitor of profilin interaction, you can sort of reduce the sort of the pathological angiogenesis in experimental settings. Well, the anti-VEGF therapy is quite effective, but many times the anti-VEGF therapies fail because you develop resistance. So we're hoping that's where some sort of the alternative therapeutic approach could come in handy, which could be either used in place or in junction with the anti-VEGF therapy, 
one possible benefit would be to overcome the resistance as well as to reduce the necessity of using high dose of anti-VEGF therapy, which could have other systemic effects as well. So that's one for targeting profilin, whereas the MRTF, there is a class of inhibitor available. These are called the CCG1423 or its analog developed by a group in Michigan. So we are toying with these inhibitor in the breast cancer dormancy setting to see if they can induce dormancy or they can sort of they prevent the accidental emergence or if you have a full-blown metastasis, can you slow down the progression of metastasis using this inhibitor? So we're doing a lot of preclinical studies. So these are the two therapeutic directions we are pursuing. So also in the transcription. Yes, it's a major transcriptional sledgehammer. So we did some RNA-seq studies to show that it can change the dramatically in a lot of pathways, acting cytoskeletal pathway, like immune cell signature, angiogenic signature, metabolic pathway. So it, it has a pretty robust effect, which was not surprising because these MRTF, it's an activator of SRF, which is involved is in a broad range of transcriptional targets. So that would be one advantage, but at the same time, you worry that having a broad transcriptional target would have other untoward circumstances. So that's why we are doing some other parallel inhibitors, like in a more specific target inhibitors and so forth. So you shared some insights about cell migration. I think also cell adhesion is perhaps an important area. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So the profilin and both MRTF, they are also involved in cell adhesion as well. So if you reduce profilin level, the cells, in some other settings, it has been shown that it can actually weaken the adhesion. The MRTF is an interesting one because it can also be affected by adhesion as well. So it has a sort of the feedback loop as well. So one way it can transcribe genes which are involved in adhesion, such as integrins, on the other hand, you know, cell substrate adhesion can also activate MRTF. It's a sort of a bi-directional process. Dr. Roy, I believe that profilin 1 in cancer cells makes these cells more migratory and competent in dissemination. In the breast cancer setting, it has sort of the opposite effects at the primary site versus the metastatic site. So even though profilin is generally required by cells to efficiently migrate, interestingly, the metastatic breast cancer cells have less profilin. In general, human breast cancer, if you look at the tumor samples, they actually have less profilin content compared to their normal counterparts, which is a bit counterintuitive given that profilin is required for proliferation and migration in the most normal cells. So what we found out is you know, the breast cancer cells if you reduce profilin level, actually the cells become more aggressive in terms of migration ability. These cells become more invasive and they're better in terms of escaping from the primary tumor. So reduced profilin level makes the cancer cells more disseminative. But once the tumor cells reach the secondary site at the metastatic site, you would need profilin to be able to grow from a single cell to spawn out metastasis. So if you completely deplete profilin from those cells or use mutations, they would actually become impaired in terms of outgrowth. So it has sort of a contrasting effects at the primary versus secondary side, which makes it a little bit of challenging as a therapeutic target. But one could possibly conceive that if you are trying to curb the metastatic growth, 
you know, target using a profilin inhibitor might still be effective. And that's something we are kind of going into. So I see you have a new study that you're going to conduct preclinical proof of concept to determine whether novel small molecules targeting profilin interaction suppress metastatic colonization of breast cancer. That's right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So that's exactly what we're doing. So we are using these small molecules we have developed and we are doing some preclinical studies to establish metastasis. Our cell culture studies seem to suggest that in vitro settings, in a 3D culture settings, that outgrowth of these tumor cells are dramatically reduced by these inhibitors. So the next step would be to do models, to use these inhibitors at different stages of metastatic colonization. For example, right from the beginning, once the tumor cells reach the secondary site, what happens if you treat with the inhibitor? Or let metastasis develop kind of mimicking the, if a patient presents herself with an established metastasis, could inhibiting profilin be effective in slowing down the progression? Because that's what ultimately would matter, right? And Something along that line, we would also like to test whether these inhibitors can be used in conjunction with chemotherapy drugs to have a sort of a synergistic effect with the chemotherapy drugs as well. How does signaling pathways get into this aspect? When we change profilin, the actin is something which is affected, right? So we have shown that when you change profilin, that's where these MRTF signaling also comes into picture. So we stumbled on MRTF when we were trying to look for what regulates profilin. And we found out that actually MRTF regulates profilin through a sort of unconventional mechanism. But we also found out that when you change profilin, the MRTF signaling is affected as well. So it's sort of a feedback loop. The MRTF is actin regulated. So by changing profilin, you would actually change the MRTF levels and SRF levels and so forth. So that's one pathway. The other thing not many people study is when you change profilin level, you can also change the signaling derived from the membrane cytosol interface, particularly lipid signaling. So we have been working on that how changing profilin affects the membrane phosphinocytide signaling, particularly the PI3 kinase-driven signaling and so forth. So we showed that and if you reduce profilin levels, you can actually augment some of the phosphinocytides which are driven by PI3 kinase at the plasma membrane. And that's actually one of the mechanisms how reducing profilin level actually makes the cancer cells more aggressive. And that has nothing to do with the actin binding. That's something to do with the profilin's ability to bind to membrane phosphinocytide and sort of act as an inhibitor of the phosphinocytide turnover. So if you take out the profilin, then you can sort of enhance these phosphinocytide turnover, possibly taking PI3 kinase derived signaling overdrive. Dr. Roy, thank you for joining us and uh, sharing with us your pioneering research. We welcome suggestions in terms of podcasts, and we thank the McGowan Institute, the sponsor of this podcast series. And until we meet again, thank you, and have a good day. <music>